Hey guys, before we start, I wanted to talk a little bit about my vitro. It probably sounds familiar as I've talked about it on this podcast before, as well as had Danielle Hall on an episode herself. Danielle has had three miscarriages and two rounds of IVF, and she started my vitro to help other women struggling with infertility. So she was frustrated with the options available to store her expensive fertility medications. So she created the fertility caddy to organize all the needles vials, injectable pens, and supplies that are necessary for treatment cycles. So feel prepared and get ready to take control when that giant box of drugs shows up on your doorstep. And with the code LAM, L-A-M, you can get a free injection trainer with your purchase. So let's get into today's episode. What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have SJ on today's episode. I cannot pronounce her name for the life of me, so I will let her do it. But SJ, I am just going to toss it to you and I will, um, yeah, just, girl, hold on. I'm starting over. <laughs> Is it? Such a rough morning. <laughs> okay, retake. Hello, everyone. We have SJ on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. She is from the Netherlands. I cannot pronounce her name for the life of me, so I will let her do that. SJ, I am just going to toss the mic to you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Hi, everyone. It's so nice to be on the podcast. I've listened to so many uh, over the last few months, and I'm so excited to tell my story. And also, Shelly, thank you so much for creating this platform to tell our story. So I am, as Shelly said, from the Netherlands. I've lived in the UK for a few years, so that's probably where I picked up my accent. Um, so my husband and I met in 2018, and we got married in 2020, so last year. And um, we've always known we wanted children. So, um, so I'm from a very small village in the Netherlands, and everyone gets married very, very young, like 20, 21. And, um, so I met my husband when I was 24. So I was a bit late in terms of, of my village. So, <laughs> but, um, so we met and yeah, we knew we wanted to get married and have children. We also, we were also Christian. So, um, marriage was very important to us. So we married, so in 2020, June, and actually two months after that in September, well, three months after that, I uh, got off birth control and yeah we started and actually two months after that I found out I was pregnant I didn't know it was going to go that fast um so I was very surprised but very excited of course and um yeah so in the Netherlands we don't really uh do ACG levels we don't really check that by the doctors we just uh call our local midwife so I did that and um signed up and she um yeah she she planned in all our appointments for the next few weeks and um, all very exciting. 
I was only about four weeks when I found out, so it was very early, but I couldn't help myself, and I, I taught my mom, and I taught my mother-in-law, just, you know, I wanted to share with them, even though I knew it was, it could go wrong, I was like, I'm just going to tell them, like, I need them as well, if it's not going to go well, so, um, so we had, so I think when I was about six weeks, on a Friday, I went to the toilet, and suddenly there was blood, and I was like, this is not good. This is not good. And I, got, I, I started crying right away. I called my husband. I'm like, this is not good. And I don't know what to do. And he's like, just calm. I'm sure it's fine. It's not a lot of blood. It was also not a lot of blood. It was just a tiny bit of light spotting. So I called my midwife and she said, well, if you want to be, if you want to know what's going on, you can go, come to the office and have an ultrasound. So I went there and, um, you know, all because of COVID, you had to wear a mask, and, and no one was in the in the building. I was the only one in the building because it was later at night, and yeah, I didn't feel very at ease. <laughs> so we went in, and of course, I had to do a transvaginal ultrasound because I was only six weeks, so there's nothing to see much. So she went in and she checked, and she said, "Well, I I can't see much, and I can't see like a baby or anything." And she only saw like a yolk sac, and she said maybe you're not as far as you think you are or it's not a good pregnancy but we won't know until until your next appointment so that that really didn't help I thought maybe going to midwife helped but no it didn't <laughs> but luckily there wasn't any bleeding in the next few weeks so some days I was very optimistic and some days I was just very down and I didn't know and so and then we went to the ultrasound which was on the 10th of November and we went in, I was so, so nervous because I was like, what, what if nothing's going on? I still had all my signs. I, I was nauseous, I, you know, all those things. And um, we went in and she was, they, they are very friendly in the, uh, in the offices. It's a very nice midwife office and they're very kind. And so we went in and uh, she did my ultrasound and yes, there was a baby. It was all good. There was a beating, a heart was beating and everything was fine I measured to seven weeks in a few days I think I was at that point and she said oh everything is well and I was so happy we were so happy my husband was there could he because he could actually come um despite despite the COVID thing um at that point COVID wasn't I think wasn't very much happening anymore now it's very bad again but then it was fine in the, in the Netherlands um so everything was fine she booked me in for the next appointment she went over all the questions of which diseases we had and we were all excited we got all the leaflets and booklets and you know all that stuff that you get when you know you're pregnant and then um we went home and I think so I, I was quite optimistic I was like oh this is going well I mean I, I could maybe tell more people so I told a few of my colleagues and a few of my best friends knew and um actually i did i was there so we usually have like we meet up once in two weeks and then just have some food and just have you know talk all evening so i put on a t-shirt uh soon to be mommy and i was just sat there and didn't say anything and then at one point one of my friends noticed he's like what you're pregnant and i mean it was such such a nice evening i th i look back at it and it's just yeah, it was so much fun telling them. And then actually, um, the day after that, I just got a really weird feeling. 
like something I, I thought something was wrong and I was like I'm sure sure it's fine I had a good ultrasound and you know there's no blood and I still had all my signs so I was like why am I thinking this I'm sure it's fine I called my husband is like do you think we could get another ultrasound just to check if everything is okay and he was like no if we have one in the three weeks I'm sure it's fine and I was like nah I'm just gonna call them so I called the midwife's office and she was like it's very unusual like to want another one at nine weeks but um if you want to we can put you in but you have to pay and I was like that's fine I want to pay I, I don't mind paying and um so we so she got us booked in for the Sunday so that was on the I think it was on I'm not sure which date it was I think 22nd of November it was and um so we went in and she said to us oh so you just wanted to have another look at your child and I'm sure everything is okay you had a good good ultrasound last time and you had a heartbeat so this just one percent it's not going to be okay and so I was very optimistic oh I'm sure I worried about nothing and I'm sure it's all fine so um we she did the ultrasound and she was looking and looking she said well I can't find a heartbeat and I was like no this is not happening so she she looked looked with like warmth cameras, I think, with lines, so she if she could see if the blood blood was going to the heart or anything, but she couldn't see anything, and yeah, I I I just froze in that moment. I didn't know what to do. I was like, that's was it was like my heart stopped, and my husband was like, are you sure? And and yeah, she she looked again, looked again. She's like, no, I can't find anything. I'm so sorry, and you know all the things they say, and and I started crying. And I had that stupid mask on couldn't breathe and I was like oh I just want to get out of here and um so she said oh don't worry about paying and just go and um I'll, I'll put it on your insurance so um she was nice about it she was very friendly and she said oh uh, she was not our local midwife because um she wasn't a, she was just someone who did extra ultrasounds in the weekends so she said she said oh I'll let your uh, midwife call you tomorrow and I'm so sorry so we went home and I called my mom crying and and I, I texted everyone who knew because I, I just wanted to I don't I, I just didn't know what to do and um, my husband called his mom and she was very sad and started crying and you know it's just all very sad like you don't expect well like I had the weird feeling and she also said to me often that feeling is right so I mean it's good that you came because it just happened I think a day or two before that the heart stopped so I think that weird feeling maybe I know I got it from that I'm not sure um she said so she said it's it's good that you came even though it was unusual and then um so my midwife called me the next day and um she said, oh, I've booked you in with a gynecologist in the hospital. So in the Netherlands, we have to go to the hospital to have another check if, if it really stopped. And then they give you all the options. So she booked me in for that Thursday. And um, so I work from home because I, I, I work in an office. So most of the time I'm just at home. And um, I thought, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go working. You know, it's fine. And I, I still cried a lot during those days and then my colleague called me and he was a bit agitated about something at work and he was just you know being really rude to me and then 
I started crying on the phone. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm just going through something and I hung up the phone and <laughs> it must have felt horrible, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it and I, I called my boss and I'm like well I t- actually texted her I couldn't call so I texted her I'm like I'm not okay and she knew about it because I texted her and she said just just don't work that this week and just just take some time for yourself so I did that so I just put my laptop away and I just slept a lot and cried a lot and watched a lot of shows just to you know ease my mind and some of my friends came to see me my mom came to see me which was very nice and um so on that thursday luckily my husband could come to hospital i requested that i was like i'm not gonna go by myself you know i also don't like driving like it was 20 minute drive it's not far but i'm not very keen on driving so um we went to the hospital and you know when they came in it was all masks on and like asked me loads of questions. So, do you feel this? Do you feel that? Are you okay? Do you have COVID? I'm like, no, I don't have COVID. I just want to get to my appointment. And so, uh, and he's like, are you allowed to take your husband? I'm yes, I'm allowed to take my husband. And so we went in and um, we sat in the waiting room and then we, um, we saw the gynecologist. She was so nice. She was very friendly. And so she checked again and yes, there was no heartbeat this time. I mean, I knew it. I've been knowing that for a week now. So it was, it wasn't as devastating as the last time. But still, like, it was the you still hold that little bit of hope. You're like, oh, maybe, maybe they saw something wrong. But no, they didn't. And then um, she gave me all the options. Like, I think you call it in America DNC, um, but I didn't want that one because they they really don't do that in the Netherlands unless you have medical problems like you're bleeding a lot or anything so I took the medicine because I didn't want to wait for a natural one because it took it could take like a month and I didn't want that so I took the medicine home and um, I had to take one tablet to soften it down below there and then um, I had to wait another day so on that Friday I was just home alone and my, my husband went back to work and I was I I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a shower. And I just started crying, crying, crying. I couldn't stop. And I think it took about an hour or two. And then I just felt so much better. I think at that point, I just needed to needed to let it all out, I think. And then the next day on the, on the Saturday, um, I had to take those, the medicine, like transvaginal. So I had to lay down for an hour to let it all soak up. And then... My husband was so kind. He was like, oh, you have to be in bed all weekend. I'll buy you a TV. And he, he's an electrician. So he hung it up on the wall for me so I could <laughs> watch TV in my room. It was very kind. And um, so I think after an hour or two, I had some cramping. And, and then suddenly I've, I felt like it was an elastic band. Like like it, it snapped inside of me. And I, it, I was like, oh, no, I have to go to the toilet right now. And it just poured out. It, it, just, it just didn't stop. Like all day long, it was just coming out and out and out and out. I I didn't I couldn't even go get up from the toilet. So towards I think towards the end of the day it stopped, and um, and then it was just very light bleeding. I had to take the tablets the next day again, but that didn't really do anything. Um, so I was like, oh, I wonder, you know. I, at first, I thought before before I thought, oh, I I think I wanna see my baby but then um 
towards towards the moment I had to take the, the medicine, I was like, oh, I'm not sure, and I don't know how it's going to come out. I've heard horrible stories about how it could come out, and I said, nah, I, I don't know. I'll just see what happens. But it, there was so much blood. I, I when I looked in the toilet, it was just blood, and I was like, oh, no way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna sift it out or anything. No. So I flushed in. I was okay with that. Um. So. I called my midwife. Well, they called. They called me every few days to check up on me, which was very nice. They just wanted to know how it how it's going, if they could do anything for me. So I was like, maybe could you do another ultrasound just in a local, your local, just to check if everything is out. As I was just wondering, like, because my next appointment was not until the tenth of December, so two two weeks after that. So she was like, sure, sure, you can come to her office, so I could come in, and my husband came as well, and it looked like everything came out. So I was so relieved. I was like, Oh, this is, this is good. Like I don't need a DNC and I, I don't need any like surgery or anything. So the next, so, so I thought, well, I thought was everything was okay. And I was like, Oh, I'm sure it's all fine. And I still had some bleeding, but only with like wiping, not, 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 I, nothing was in my pad. So I thought it was fine. And then um, I came to the appointment on the 10th of December which, which was last month and um so my husband came again which <laughs> this time I didn't mention it so they when I came in it was like the same oh could you go bring your husband I'm like yeah 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 you could come and um, when we came to the actual uh floor for the kind of just they said oh um your husband can't come and I'm like well he's already in the hospital and it's not what, what are you going to do and he was like they were like um well did you mention you could come I'm like no but last time you could and they were like oh nobody can't and then she got a phone call and she she just didn't look at us anymore and so we just sat down in the waiting room and she didn't she didn't come to us or anything so it's like oh I'm just gonna leave it so we came into the uh came to the appointment she called us in and um, she did the ultrasound. She's like, oh, I think I see something still there. But she wasn't actually a gynecologist. She was a midwife. She was actually very nice. And then she called in the gynecologist and she was like very bossy. And I, I really didn't like her. She was very like, oh, no, I did. I, I got a really bad vibe from her. So she's just like, oh, yeah, I can see something. And it's not small enough for a DNC. So uh, not big enough for a DNC. So, um, yeah, you get, it will come out your next period. And I wanted to ask some questions. She was like, do you have questions? I'm like, yeah, maybe one. And I asked another question and she was like, oh, you only had one question and you have more? And she she was just not friendly at all. So I thought, oh, I mean, I'm just going to go home and I'll wait till it, it will come out. It's fine. It was just a small, small thingy. It wasn't even a baby anymore because they said that was all good. That was all out. So um, it's just small cloth, I think it was. And then um, that night I got such bad cramps in the night I just I just couldn't sleep all night it was so painful and I didn't really bleed so I was like oh what was this and then the next day actually came out so I was very relieved the last bit was out everything was fine they did say when I got my next period I would have to come to the hospital again to check up so that's what I did last Wednesday actually the 13th of January and everything was fine everything was out and um yeah i think that was my my whole uh miscarriage story i think um in terms of like grief i mean i've had a lot of it during the time and now i'm okay with it um 
in when I was in a waiting room the last time I saw some bumps like and I was like oh it could have been me I would have been 17 weeks this today and like I'm still like sometimes sad about it but um I'm also like thinking I'm very young I'm 26 my husband is 27 we still have hopefully a lot of pregnancies to, pregnancies to come so um yeah I think that was my my story really Thank you so much for sharing. I always ask at the end of every episode if you have like one holy grail piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Yeah, I would think take your time to heal. Um, I took two weeks off work, which was really needed. I just laid in my on my sofa all day, just watched a series and just slept in and just did nothing. I think that really helped me just not to think of work, no no stress, just a time to heal and to cry and just let yourself just be yourself. And I think everyone grieves in a different way. Some people just want to work and forget about it. But um, that really helped me. And also, I think talk, talking about it, I talked to, so I told everyone at work, like I didn't really, but they, I sent out an email that day. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be in the office for two weeks. So please don't contact me. And they were like, all a bit like, oh, what's going on? And so I, I told, um, I told a few colleagues and I said, oh, it's okay to tell the rest because it's about like 50 people in our office. And um, when I came back in the office, everyone was so nice about it. They were like, oh, you okay. And some people actually told their story about that they miscarriage and about their miscarriages. And so so also like a, a guy, he told me about his wife and I think talking about it really helps. It, it, that helped me the most, I think, and taking time for myself. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, SJ, where could they do so? So I think it's a better way to link my name because, <laughs> because it's Surine de Graaf, which is my, my whole name. But I think if you link it in, in the episode, yes. it'll be fine to find me. Um, yeah, it's private. It's private, but they can all, always request uh, a friendship or, or send me a DM. I, I did the same to people. So it's always nice to reach out, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, awesome. I will link that in the description of this episode. So it's easy for people to find you and to reach out. Thank you again for doing this. Cool. I so appreciate it. And I just think it's so cool that like, this is kind of like just a global experience. Right? I know. Like, I, I mean, I, I prefer English and I, I was just looking up, um, you know, just stories of what, what I went through. And then I found the podcast. I was like, this is great. I should start one in the Netherlands in Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, not, not everyone speaks English. So, I mean, it, it, it's great. I mean, it helped me so much. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah so cool. All right. Well, we will chat soon. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to ShellyMetling.com, click on the life after miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. Next one.